0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, February 16th, 2024 edition of KASB's The Advocate Podcast. I'm Leah Fleiter, and as always, I'm joined by Shannon Kimball and our fabulous producer, Alec Madrigal. It was a busy week in the legislature with battles over SPED funding, cell phones, and library books taking center stage. And there was a voucher bill thrown in for good measure. So let's get started. On Tuesday, the House K-12 Education Budget Committee held a hearing on House Bill 2738. That's the bill that we're calling the SPED shenanigans bill. The proposed law makes the false assertion that the legislature is more than fully funding special education by double and in some cases, triple counting general education, local option budget, at risk, and other money as SPED funding. Shannon, I was incredibly proud of the 91 organizations and individuals who submitted testimony against House Bill 2738. Some of the standout testimony included Royal Valley Superintendent Eric Davis and Butler County Interlocal Director April Hilliard, who spoke eloquently about the human cost of the legislature's continued failure to fully fund special education. There was only one proponent of the SPED shenanigans bill, a dark money think tank. At one point in his testimony, the CEO stated that some districts are making money on special education. There was an audible gasp in the room from the bill's opponents. It sounded like they'd been gut-punched when they heard that falsehood. Shannon, can you talk a little about the reality of SPED funding in Kansas? Absolutely.
1: So, you know, I just want to start out by sharing that it, it was really irresponsible to make that assertion that districts are making money on special education Um, as that dark money proponent of the bill did in the hearing. It absolutely was a gut punch because our listeners know from their experiences that the reality is heartbreakingly different. Districts all over the state spend more money every year on providing special education services than what is paid to them in special education funding from both the state and federal government combined. So what happens? Districts have to rob the general education funds they receive to pay the difference. That reality is robbing students of additional supports and programs. It's robbing teachers and other district staff of adequate pay for the work they do. And ultimately it's hurting all students in the state, not just special education students. Most districts, if not all districts in Kansas are doing some version of what my local district is doing. Uh, Last year, my local district had to transfer $8.4 million from our general education budget to our special education budget to pay for services that were provided to special education students. That's eight and a half million dollars that could have been used to pay competitive wages so we could have all Mm -hmm. of our paraprofessional positions and our our food service positions and our custodial position staff. It's eight and a half million dollars that could have been used to increase teacher salaries so that we can be sure that we are able to retain our very talented educators. It's eight and a half million dollars that we could have used on additional programs and services for students, um, either academic or or mental health and other supports. So this is this is a real crisis, and that statement was absolutely offensive.
0: Thanks, Shannon. It was quite the hearing, and I was really proud of our uh, public school advocates who showed up in force to oppose House Bill 2738. That bill will likely be up for a committee vote sometime in the next several days. So listeners, make sure you're touching base with your House members to share your local experience with SPED underfunding to prepare them for a floor vote against House Bill 2738. And speaking of special education funding, the Senate Education Committee on Thursday stripped $147 million from the KSDE budget for fiscal year 2025, including about $74 million for special education funding. Senator Chase Blasey, who made the motion to remove the funding, said he wanted the legislature to look at that again in April when lawmakers finalized the state budget. This is not necessarily an unusual move by the legislature. Sometimes uh, committees or individual legislators make motions to put funding decisions off until the end of the session. But this is a great um, opportunity for our listeners to make sure that you're in contact with your state senators. Again, talk about your funding shortfalls, how that impacts your general fund budget, and just make sure that's. Bed funding is on your senator's radar as we move towards the end of the legislative session in April. Shannon, you testified on Wednesday in the House Education Committee. We had a couple of very interesting bills there. Can you uh, brief our listeners on those hearings on cell phones and library books?
1: Absolutely. So I could summarize this by saying it was just leave local control to the locals day in house education (laughs) on these bills. So uh, first up, we had a hearing on a bill that would ban, that would require districts to ban cell phones um, from classrooms and all spaces in their school buildings throughout the school day. It would require that districts adopt policies that follow some very specific requirements in the statute. The testimony from proponents on this bill really focused on the the current public health data about the impact of uh, cell phones and so- particularly social media use mm-hmm. on youth and their mental health. And you know, that's, uh, I think, a concern that we all share. But we really emphasized in our testimony that this is exactly the kind of problem that will best be handled by local boards of education, the people, the elected body who is chosen by voters to make these decisions handling those in partnership with parents, students, and teachers at the local level. There was also a hearing on a bill that would create a task force, a state-level task force, to, that would be ta- charged with creating a rating system for public school library media materials. So books, but also anything you would find in your public school library, uh, videos, magazines, any sort of library media materials. And this task force would be made up primarily of legislators. Uh, It would only have one library media specialist having a position on that nine-member task force. So there were no proponents that testified in favor of this bill. In our testimony, we shared that these are decisions on curriculum policy and library materials that are very clearly for local boards to make. In a very welcome turn during the hearing, both the State Board of Education and uh, KNEA representatives in their testimony on the book rating system bill and on the cell phone bill um, shared these very same points that these are decisions for local boards to make in partnership with their educators, their parents and their students. All three groups highlighted that the task force seeks to impose its value judgments on the hundreds of communities across the state that have different values and needs. So we'll just have to be keeping a close eye on what might happen in the coming weeks with those particular proposals.
0: Thanks, Shannon. I recall there was a uh, there was a librarian, a school librarian, I think she was from Hayes, and she just did a wonderful job. Um, she came and she was dressed in a really, you know, cute school librarian uh, outfit with, you know, books. And um, I think that... Um, from what i was in a different hearing but what i what i saw and in, in watching kind of the the recording was that there was some really good testimony you know that that really this is something that parents and school districts need to decide at a local level we don't want to have you know one group of parents uh, overruling the rights of another group of parents and that this is really something that's best left to the local level so a good job by everybody in that hearing Um, it was a packed hearing room for from what i could see on the video and um lots of interest and uh lots of it was a robust discussion shall we say so thanks to shannon for uh representing us on cell phones and to our deputy director angie stall for delivering our um book rating testimony Okay, well, switching gears to yet another uh, hot topic in public education, the Senate Education Committee on Wednesday held a hearing on Senate Bill 437. That is a bill that would appropriate $100 million for what it's calling the Kansas Educational Enrichment Program. Some of you may remember that uh, there was. Uh, the there was a program that was announced uh, and established a couple of years ago with some federal COVID relief money and it was called the Kansas Educational Enrichment Program or KEEP and it provided a thousand dollars to families to to purchase uh, items that would help their kids recover from COVID learning loss so something like a computer or maybe some tutoring uh fees that that type of thing and um that, that was, you know, a, a perfectly uh, legitimate use of those federal funds. And um, that was something that I believe has been used somewhat by some Kansans, uh, that federal money is getting ready to run out. But unfortunately, last year, towards the end of the session, when the legislature was trying to to force through an education savings account voucher bill, there was an attempt in one of the House bills to call their education savings account voucher. Oh, no, this is just the governor's keep program that that you all thought was such a great idea. We had to to fight like heck to get that thing killed. We were successful, but now Senate Bill 437, unfortunately, seems to be resurrecting this ghost of attempting to cast this keep program, which was a fairly benign program, into a full-blown voucher. The reason we're concerned about this is, again, the bill appropriates $100 million. That's a lot of money. Now, at first, on the surface, it doesn't sound so bad because the maximum award per student is $2,000 over the course of their K-12 education. That doesn't sound too bad, right? How can you oppose something like that, right? But the kicker is in when you read further into the bill and it says that you can use This keep voucher for educational services provided by school districts or any other education provider. That's the kicker right there. Any other education provider that is so broad that it does not rule out homeschool vouchers, private school vouchers. And so that was the kicker for us that says, you know, really, this is about more than just helping kids with educational expenses. This is really. Designed to to probably morph in to some sort of full blown voucher as the legislature goes through its session and you know as we say makes the sausage at the end of the at the end of April and combines a whole bunch of bills and suddenly this one hundred million dollar program that that uh, only gives kids two thousand dollars now is expanded or that the amount that is given for these vouchers is greatly expanded. And so we expressed concerns about that. There are also uh, some concerns that we were very strong about. You know, this bill has no accountability practices in place for how how a parent or a guardian would spend this voucher money. There's nothing that talks about you having to provide receipts. There's nothing that talks about any kind of qualifying expenses. You know, there could be all kinds of, unfortunately, fraudulent expenses associated with a voucher like this. And we mentioned in our testimony that we have seen fraud in voucher programs in Arizona, for instance, where parents bought um, kayaks, theme park tickets. Uh, There was an infamous $750 espresso machine that somebody bought for their home use and uh, uh, qualified it as a voucher expense because they said they were teaching their high schooler how to be a barista. So um, I know Alec, our producer, he's a big coffee fan. I'm sure he's like, why didn't I think of that? Right. I know he's holding up his coffee right now. You can't see him. So, you know, so, so we uh, testified in opposition to that bill and, you know, there were no income limits in this, this it's just, you know, very, very broadly written. And unfortunately we feel like it is a, a voucher bill waiting to happen, a voucher bill in sheep's clothing. So um, we testified in opposition and we will keep you updated as to whether that bill moves forward in the Senate. Well, it was quite a busy week, as I mentioned, in the legislature. Next week will be, will, is is a turnaround week, essentially, uh, Friday, February 23rd, is the deadline for most bills to pass out of their house of origin in order for them to stay alive until the end of april so committees will be meeting on monday and tuesday hearings are scheduled sometimes on pretty short notice and then the the uh, legislature will be on the floor voting on bills on wednesday thursday and friday so uh we may we will have probably breaking news to to report to you throughout the week so be sure to tune in every evening to the kasb facebook live updates That Shannon and I uh, do every evening. All you have to do is go over to the KSB Facebook page and like that page and then you'll get a a notification when we go live and we break down each day's events. Let's see, Shannon, can you think of anything else that I need to tell our listeners before we sign off?
1: Uh, We have a couple of hearings on Monday and Tuesday in house education. Uh, One of them we just found out about this morning. So there's going to be a there's gonna be a hearing on Monday on a bill that would permit school districts to hire or use volunteer chaplains. That's right. In their schools. Um, so, some uh, uh, separation of church and state concerns about that one. And then there's gonna be a hearing on Tuesday on a bill that would make some changes to a bill from a couple of sessions ago about what kind of question non academic questionnaires and surveys the districts are allowed to use and how Um, that's been a a topic that's got that's got a great deal of concern for a lot of uh, school district folk because it has prevented districts from addressing safety and health concerns with students because they're not allowed to collect information so uh, that one we just found out today breaking news and we'll be putting together testimony for that and we'll bring you more information next week.
0: Thanks, Shannon. Great uh, last minute update there. We we are just getting agenda from committees uh, really this morning as they plan for next week. So thanks again to Shannon for all the great work this week. Thanks to Alec for his help producing this fabulous podcast. Uh, everybody, make sure that you are visiting over the weekend and in the next couple of weeks with your state lawmakers. Make sure you're talking about the importance of adequate special education funding and uh, make sure that people just know all the good things that you're doing in your kansas public schools we appreciate all of you we hope you have a good weekend and we'll talk to you next week